0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After two big road wins, our beloved return home to take on their oldest and fiercest rival, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at Soldier Field on Sunday. Can the Bears bury Green Bay in a 1-3 hole? Or will the Packers be able to draw even? All of this and so much more on the Week 4 Preview episode Up, The Chicago Bears Review! Here we are already, fourth game of the season, almost a quarter of 2014 gone already. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, the week four preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review, and it's Packer Week once again uh, for our beloved Chicago Bears. The Packers return to the scene of the crime, where it all went down week 17 of last year. With the division title and a playoff berth on the line, the Packers and the returning Aaron Rodgers come into town and steal a victory from us. 33-28, 30, I believe, was the final score. And, of course, we all know how it went down. We all know who we like to blame, even though it wasn't solely on uh, Chris Conte. There was, uh, you know, he he blew the play that blew the game. Uh, basically there were several other opportunities like the fact that um when when uh when julius peppers sacked aaron Rodgers and forced the fumble that everyone just sat around staring at it no one decided to pick the ball up until of course one of the packers did and ran it in untouched for a touchdown so 14 points that we gave away in that football game uh and uh yeah, so we were watching the playoffs, and instead of participating, and uh, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers got to look like a hero uh, for the for the Packer faithful, and of course he did it in Soldier Field, which just made it all the all that much more terrible. But the Bears have a chance—a really good chance, actually—to exact revenge on the Packers this year and put them in a one-and-three hole. And not only would it give the Bears a two-game advantage on the Packers it would be a second straight division loss for green bay so it it would it would dig them in a one it would dig them in a hole in in a big big way they would be one and three overall they would be oh and two in the division uh so far and uh you know that's that's a hard hole uh to climb out of especially uh especially in this north division where uh You know it's it's been anybody's game uh lately even though the same two teams have been winning the division lately the bears uh and the packers but uh uh, it's it's been a tight race between the bears the packers i mean the vikings did make the playoffs a couple of years back you know it's it's uh it's a tough division nonetheless and i don't think it gets enough respect as far as how tough a division it is uh in the league itself uh probably because it's usually uh, a one-team race but as far as how the teams play against each other uh, they don't necessarily get a lot of uh, league-wide respect i don't know if it's the whole east coast bias thing uh, with the media or or whatever the case may be but um, it's uh, their 189th meeting i believe it is between the bears and the packers the bears hold a slight advantage of 92 to 88 and six so 90 90 something to 8 yeah something in there we won't, we've only got like a 3 or 4 game advantage over the packers right now the the thing that's that's messed up is that before before Brett Favre joined the packers the bears had like a 30 game lead in the uh, in the series and uh, we haven't beaten the packers a whole lot since 1992 when Favre took over in in, uh, in green bay so um, i would like to start a new trend uh, especially with the quarterback Uh, Jay Cutler our quarterback I should say only being one and eight against Green Bay that one victory coming in week three of 2010 the last time the Bears won the division so hopefully this can be the that can be the trend you know that uh, Jay can get an early season victory over Green Bay and that means that we're going to go ahead and win the division so let's uh, let's cross our fingers and hope that that happens Sunday at noon at Soldier Field, very much looking forward to it. The Bears will be wearing those old 40s uh, throwback unis on Sunday. I always thought those, I prefer those. Anyone who's listened to the show in the past knows that I hate those damn orange jerseys. I hate them. They look like pumpkins out there. It looks ridiculous. I don't care what anybody says. I prefer those throwback unis. Uh, with the blank helmets, even though I'm not a huge fan of the blank helmets, but the blank helmets, the throwback unis, I'll take that any day over those stupid orange jerseys. I hate the orange jersey. It look ridiculous. So anyway, big game on Sunday, our most fiercest rival, and, and the team that always seems to have had our number no matter what. Even in the years uh, in, in early on in Lovey's tenure, when the Bears won those two straight division titles uh, and things like that, uh, when the Bears won more than they lost against Green Bay, those were always big struggles. Those were always tough, tough games, and especially in the second half of, of Lovey's tenure, it just seemed like no matter what, no matter how good a team they were putting out there, no matter how uh, you know bad a team Green Bay might have been uh, at the time, they always seemed to have our number one way uh, or the other. So they've won a lot more than we have uh, in this thing, especially in the last uh, five years or so. Uh, it's It's been difficult to to watch and take part in, you know, being a Bear fan. And, you know, when it comes to uh, – I don't play fantasy football. It drives me crazy. I, I guess I just – I don't have the patience for it, to be honest with you. I just don't. But uh, to – I buy, play pick'em games with my friends. We pick the winners. We do confidence points and things like that. And to out of the 16 people that play the game, you know, half of them take Green Bay not because they think. And that's that's here's my point. This is what I've been kind of rambling about. On. Here's my point. It's not that the Bears aren't good enough to beat Green Bay. It's just that no matter what, Green Bay always seems to win. As like last year, for instance, the the last game. Uh, Of the season, Aaron Rodgers hasn't played in two months, and yet the Bears make enough mistakes to keep Green Bay in the game and blew the biggest mistake, saved the best mistake for last, and it ended up uh, costing us the football game, made Aaron Rodgers look like some kind of brilliant hero when actually we did more to lose the game than he did to win it uh, last year. So it's it's always a tough proposition. It's one of those things where, where most people will keep picking Green Bay until the Bears start winning these games. So, um, and, 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 and I know that we split the series with them last year. We beat them in Green Bay. As a matter of fact, we were the reason that Aaron Rodgers missed the half the year last year, but it's almost like the Bears got a pass on winning that game or like it didn't count because we didn't beat Aaron Rodgers, uh, or at least that's how it's seen or how it's viewed upon is the Bears won a game where Green Bay didn't have Aaron Rodgers basically for 90% of it because we knocked him out in the first quarter. So, um it's not always fair, but that's just the way it's perceived. Aaron Rodgers is a genius, and until the Bears go out and beat Aaron Rodgers, which I'm I'm certain that they'll do it on Sunday. I'm very confident about how the Bears are going to perform on Sunday. It's it's been one of those things and uh we'll talk about that here in a few minutes with the team that the bears have been putting on the field against green bay there's always been one deficiency or another that's ended up costing us the football game and i think we like right now we're kind of hitting our stride we have uh, we have a good mixture uh, of what we need to beat green bay so anyway i am not going to do a news segment this week i don't want to it's just going to be uh, a waste of time i'll uh, we'll we'll do here, let's just do injury report real quick um Jared Allen hasn't practiced yet this week. He's been sick. I think he's got a, a bad cold, maybe a flu, something like that. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be a problem come Sunday. Uh, Chris Conti has been limited this week with a shoulder injury. Garza and Slauson still have not practiced with those uh, ankle injuries. Uh, Jeremiah Ratliff not practicing with the concussion. Uh, let's see. Brandon Marshall... Still uh, nursing the ankle as far as practice is concerned, but he's played the last two weeks even with that bad ankle, so I don't really see that being a problem. Shea McClellan has already been ruled out with the uh, with the hand injury. He broke his hand last Thursday in practice, but uh, John Postick played very well in his spot uh, on Monday night against the Jets, so I think we're going to be good there. Sherrick McManus with the quadricep injury hasn't practiced yet this week. Uh, One bright spot on the injury notes is uh, Ryan Mundy, uh, who had uh, suffered a a stinger on Monday night against the Jets, was limited on Wednesday. He did practice full participation today uh, on Thursday. And Trevor Scott, who missed last week's game with a foot injury, one of our reserve defensive ends, has been full go both days of practice this week, so he'll be available uh, on Sunday against the Packers. For Green Bay, theirs isn't nearly as – divided or you know well everyone is practicing on their list uh jared boykin back of wide receiver has been full participation uh brian bulaga and davin house all three of them suffering from knee injuries all three of them have been full participation this week uh, linebacker brad jones has been limited with a quadricep injury nick perry they're one of their starting linebackers um limited with a wrist injury and clay matthews uh in limited participation in nursing a groin injury in practice and matthews is one of the more interesting um names on the list because he missed both bear games last year he missed both of them we didn't play green bay till week nine last year week nine week 10 somewhere in that area and um, he he had broke his hand a couple of weeks before the Bear game and wasn't ready to play. He came back and and played, like, I think, maybe one, maybe two weeks, and then broke his hand again and didn't – I think he re-injured the same hand, actually uh, – didn't play against the Bears in week 17. So we didn't see Clay Matthews at all last year. And, um, you know, and I, honestly, I don't think it would have made much of a difference with the way that our offensive line – Uh, played especially in pass protection which is where he does most of his damage but you know the uh, the Packers play the same front as the Jets do in that 3-4 blitzing scheme so um, and they they did give us some trouble uh, or the Jets did anyway to give us some trouble so maybe look to see that that might be an issue uh, with Green Bay uh, on Sunday but um, there is a deficiency that Green Bay suffers from that the Jets didn't that may help us out uh, in the future So anyway, as I'm kind of already alluding to it, let's go ahead and dive into the preview because this is the the meat of the sandwich, and I just want to get to it and skip all of the, the news nonsense. The Bears and the Packers, week four on Sunday at Soldier Field. This is the game that Bear fans always circle on the calendar. Basically, whenever the schedule comes out uh, in the spring, the first, the first thing, the first game that most Bear fans look for will be that first Packer game. Uh, will it be a national TV game, as a lot of them are? Uh, this one will not be, but the next one will be. Will be. Uh, week 10, which is after our bye, in Lambeau on Sunday Night Football, that will be the national TV game. But they always play on national TV uh, at some point during the season, whether it be the first meeting, the last meeting. Last year, the first meeting was on Monday Night Football in uh, Lambeau Field, the game that the Bears won. They knocked out Aaron Rodgers. This year, it will be on Sunday Night Football, also in Lambeau Uh, after the bye week so second year in a row we're going to play green bay after the bye the first one however it's early Uh, last year we had to wait till week nine to play green bay this week is this year it's week four and um you know the big the big thing here the bears are two and one coming off of big road victories and you know managing to play near flawless near flawless football in the process to to get those victories uh, no turnovers in either of those two football games against the uh, the uh, excuse me the, the 49ers or the Jets, especially in the, uh, in the passing game. Jay Cutler has thrown six touchdowns and no interceptions against two of the better defensive units uh, in the league, against two teams that are stout uh, against the run. Well, actually, all three of our opponents thus far have had top ten rushing defenses. The Bills are number six. Uh, the, now the San Francisco 49ers are number seven. The uh, the Jets are still number one, even after uh, the game on, on Monday night. The Packers, however, are 26th against the run. 138 yards or something like that, a game that they're allowing on the ground. So the big deficiency that we have on offense, number one, is because our, our running game isn't that great. But number two, we've also been playing – top 10 run defense is like this is what these teams are good at on the defensive side of the football and aside from Forte getting uh, getting going against late in the game against Buffalo he's had nothing the last two games uh he had 22 yards 21 22 yards against the 49ers he only had 33 yards against the Jets so after having 80 82 yards rushing uh, against the uh the Buffalo Bills a majority of that that came in the third and fourth quarters uh the he has a combined for 54 yards in the last two games against San Francisco and the Jets but like i said green bay's 26th against the run could be the perfect opportunity for Matt Forte to really get some things going so uh you know you, you heard me mention last week in the preview uh, before the Jets game that uh, you know you, you know you'll you, we want to defend the run obviously against the jets but we don't necessarily have to run the football to have success against the jets and i turned out to be right uh, about that obviously we had much more success passing the ball than we ever did running and the reason that it wasn't as important for us to get the ball rolling on the ground was because we had nothing really didn't have anything to fear from Geno Smith. So as long as we defended the run, we wanted Geno Smith to be the one to have to beat us. We wanted to put the ball in his hands because he's a rookie who has a tendency to make mistakes. We got a couple of those mistakes, one of which we turned into a touchdown, another of which killed a red zone drive last week. Aaron Rodgers on the other hand, this is why we want to get the we want to get the running game going to keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers number you know for number one we want to do it just because we need to build some confidence we're very stagnant in the run game and it's starting to show publicly i was just reading an article before i started recording the show here uh matt forte voicing his frustrations with how the running game uh is going you know that uh, he was a big part of the offense in the first game of the season against buffalo but he's been not that we haven't been trying to use him but because we haven't had any success trying to run the football with him he's not getting anywhere near the amount of touches that he should or any anywhere near amount the amount of touches that he got in the first game uh against buffalo with with a a quality running back like forte we should be trying to run him at least 20-25 times a game i think he's only averaging maybe 14 carries uh in each of the last two games uh and we've become a little the other problem is we've become a lot very predictable in the running game we almost always run the ball on first down almost always run the ball on first down so we tend to be looking at a lot of eight man fronts on first down because that's when we try to try to run the ball Um, so the other problem that i have with our running game is that we don't necessarily run the ball uh, and what, I'm, what I mean is we're always in that shotgun formation, so it's all these weird kind of like delayed blitzes. And, and, I, and I understand what we're trying to do. We're, we're letting some of our defenders get upfield to try to create lanes for Forte, Forte to run into. It just seems to cause more trouble than it's worth, especially with the fact that it's really not working the way that I think that they're designing it to. Uh, you know, you let those defenders get upfield while Jay and Matt are in the backfield doing that delayed handoff thing, kind of like a uh, almost like a quick draw uh, that they're doing, uh, and it, it never really kind of goes the way that it's supposed to. You've never seen one of those plays just open up and watch Forte hit the ground running. You know, start heading down downhill, downhill, and uh, you know, b- before anyone touches him, he's in the secondary uh, somewhere. Um we we never just line up, uh, you know, full back, eye formation, hand the ball off, just lower your head and run forward, find the hole, get that you know, find the sunlight and reach out to the other side, uh kind of running. We we, we don't really or at least not in Tressman's offense anyway. It's it's um the one main critique of the tressman offense that I have is that tressman just tries to get a little bit too clever instead of just keeping it basic uh with things sometimes just just run this particular play just run it straight on instead of you know motioning this screening that uh you know let's just you man on man you block that guy just block the guy in front of you and get your hands on him let Matt Forte do the rest hand the football off to Matt and just tell him which direction to run in and and let's make it happen kind of thing i would much rather much rather see us get more straightforward in the running game than we have been uh as of late it would be it'd be nice to just watch forte find the number four hole between the guard and the tackle and just run right through it uh you know that that's what i would prefer to see uh in the running game instead of these fancy kind of delayed draws Uh, you know we're we're making it look like a pass look but it's a run actually and you know maybe we get a few yards most times we don't so I would much rather see us uh, not try to disguise the fact that we're going to try to run we're facing the 26th run defense in the league uh, this week so it would be much better to just uh, just have them try to stop us you know we don't have the best running game so we're not going to scare anybody at least not right now uh, so let's just not try to fool anybody with the fact that we're trying to run the ball and just try to run the ball, uh, you know, trying to hide it within our passing game. Uh, you know, it's one thing to, to have an offense that passes the ball to set up the run. Uh, it's another that just basically ignores the run altogether. And I've been hearing all day in statistics the Bears uh, 74% passing is is what our offense is so barely a quarter just over a quarter of our offense are the offensive plays that we've run so far have been runs this year now Forte did say um, in that article that I read that we are actually calling running plays but sometimes when we come to the line of scrimmage there's an eight-man box so we end up having to check off to another uh, pass play and and things like that so I would imagine that that's not going to be a big problem all the time uh, because we have an offense now. We have the talent on the offensive side of the ball. Loading up the box and going one-on-one with those guys on the outside is a horrible idea. It's a horrible idea. You don't want to sit back there going one-on-one with Alshon and Brandon Marshall or even Martellus Bennett. You don't want to do that with those guys especially since every one of those guys is an athlete. And, you know, how many times have we seen Jay just kind of hang one up there uh, and put it where only those tall, lanky receivers can go up and get it and have it smoke a defense for about 20-something yards? This is kind of what I was alluding to before, uh, before we started the segment was the kind of team we've been putting on the field against Green Bay. And for years, for years, we've always had these low-scoring kind of defensive battles where if we had any kind of semblance of an offense, we would have blown Green Bay out of the water. We would have destroyed him. That that NFC championship game, the in, in 2010, hell, the game that got Green Bay into the playoffs, week seventeen, we had to win the game to keep Green Bay out of the playoffs. The score was ten to three. A ten to three ball game. But it was one of the best games I've seen in a long time. That game was awesome. Uh, you know, we lost the game 10-3. to We just couldn't put anything together on the ground, nothing. Could not anything, or, or just on offense, period. If we had any kind of offense, we would have easily beaten Green Bay because our defense didn't really have a problem keeping Aaron Rodgers in check. I mean, f- for those years, especially towards the end in in Lovey's, uh, in Lovey's tenure, the defense always kept us in the game, but the offense could never win it for us. Now, of course, last year the problem was our offense was putting points on the board. It was our defense that couldn't keep people off of the board. So that's, that's kind of been the problem the last couple of years, the last year and, and this year and such, um, is that, um, you know, the defense hasn't been doing its job keeping points off of the board regardless of however many our offense was putting on the board, you know you've guys have heard me say it a thousand times if we could have put 2013's offense together with 2012's defense we would have won the super bowl and it wouldn't even have been close so this year the you know so far the off the defense really seems like it's coming together last week was a really huge test for this defense because it was the best team in the league running the football against the team that has struggled mightily against the run the last two seasons, and we ended up for virtually shutting them down. Chris Johnson, uh, um, Chris Johnson, Chris Ivory, the two running backs that were the number one rushing team in the NFL, couldn't get it going against us last year. Forty-four yards for for Ivory, thirty-five yards for for Johnson. Uh, Geno Smith added his con- contributions to get the Jets over hundred yards rushing. But, uh, you know, if the quarterbacks' run yards were kept as a separate stat, then we only we held the Jets to under 80 yards rushing last week. Uh, that's a, a phenomenal, phenomenal accomplishment considering who we were facing going into that game. We have Eddie Lacy coming up this Sunday, and we had trouble with him. Well, we had trouble with everybody, but we had trouble with him last year in the first game on that Monday nighter. And, again, in the last game of the season, it was, uh, it was tough trying to stop him. And he's a horse. He's a big, thick, strong uh, running back. He's got some moves too, but he's more of a, uh, of a banger. He is, he's the one that's going to try to run you over uh, a lot sooner than he'll try to run around you uh, kind of thing. So it's, uh, tackling is going to be very, very important uh, in the running game to, to get ourselves established uh, against, uh, against the Packers. You know, it's it's a dangerous thing because Rogers is so dangerous. Uh, they still have Jordy Nelson. The, you know, they don't have all the weapons that they used to. It used to just be a a plethora of guys for him to throw the football to. Um, JerMichael Finley is gone. James Jones is in Oakland. You know, they've been. Uh, I mean, they still have Randall Cobb. They still have uh, Jordy Nelson. That's Pretty much it, you know. And they, they, they have other guys to fill out their to fill out the roster. But as far as people, you got to keep an eye on people. You got to be worried about. It really ends with those two names. And then in the running game, it's Eddie Lacy, and you you still have James Starks, who is uh, dangerous as well. I think he actually had a long run against us uh, on Monday night last year. It's it's going to be important to shut Lacy down and shut him down early. Be- and it will be beneficial in the long run because if we can shut Lacey down, then I think we'll, we won't be falling for play action as the game drags along. You know, it, it, it won't be something that, uh, you know, will we really have to buckle down on the run because Lacey is killing us kind of thing. We can play that defense straight up and still have our guys, uh, you know, prepared for, for play action. Uh, with you know, with Rogers and, and Nelson and and uh, and and Randall Cobb, uh, you know, not being able to to light us up. So if if we can get Eddie Lacy down or get him under wraps and get him under wraps early, it will benefit us huge as the game uh, as the game goes along. So that's going to be you know the first key of the game for us is to shut Eddie Lacy down, shut him down. We were able to do it last week against Chris Johnson. We were able to do it last week against Chris Ivory. They have a two-headed attack out there. If we shut down Eddie Lacy and, you know, bottle up James Starks as well, but Lacy's their number one guy, if we shut him down, that will open things up for us defensively. As Jared, uh, Jared Allen said, you have to earn the right to rush the passer. We need to earn the right to rush the passer on Sunday against the Packers because I think that uh, the offensive line for Green Bay is not what it used to be and Aaron Rodgers is uh, you know back there taking some hits he took a beating against the Seahawks week one Uh, the Jets were able to get after him some uh, a couple of weeks ago the Lions got after him last week as well so that offensive line is uh, is taking a beating Uh, they're they're getting after Rodgers he's facing a lot of pressure He's a very poised quarterback, so he's not prone to a lot of mistakes. That's, uh, you know, not something that that's going to happen uh, very often. But we need to get after Rodgers, and like, uh, like Jared Allen said at the beginning of the year, when we couldn't get after the quarterback week one against Buffalo, you have to earn the right to rush the passer. This week, we have to earn the right to rush the passer because Mike McCarthy is a very, very smart offensive-minded coach, and you know we saw him do it for six years he joined the packers in 2006 so from 06 2012 we watched him outsmart and out coach lovey smith pretty much every time that they played us almost every time um so we we know that uh mccarthy's got it between the ears to uh to outthink us to outplay us to to outcoach us we have to be able to uh to outmaneuver him uh, on Sunday against Green Bay, so this is the week where we have to earn the right to rush the passer. It's important, and the key to earning the right to rush the passer is shutting down Eddie Lacy. Key number two for this game is we're going to have to steal a touchdown somewhere. Now, whether it be a pick six or a fumble like the Lions did last week. First, second play of the game, Eddie Lacy fumbled the football. The the Lions ran it in 50 yards for a touchdown. Uh, Much like last week with the Bears and the Jets, before anybody could get in their seats, the Lions were up 7-0 on Green Bay last week. We need to be able to steal a touchdown somewhere. So if we either do it on special teams, we make it happen on defense, anything that will give us a leg up against the Packers. So we need a big play. We need a big play no matter where it comes from. Whether it be on defense or special teams, we need to steal a touchdown somewhere. We need to, uh, to do that uh, against uh, Green Bay. And then number three, uh, for me anyway, is to just play straight ahead football. I don't, I don't want us to try to be fancy on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, obviously we need to run the ball a lot more than we have i think that this week playing the number 26 defense uh in in you know rush defense will be beneficial to us i think the packers are 26th or 27th also in scoring defense they've allowed like 26 points a game the first three games uh of the of the season the 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 last week against detroit 19 points that's the lowest amount they've allowed this week but game one was 36 points for the seahawks and then 30, or 24, 24 points for the Jets. So the number's been coming down, but it's, uh, you know, they're still averaging about 20 something points a game that they're allowing on the defensive side of the uh, the football. So our offense should be able to get some points uh, on the board. I would just like us to be a bit more straightforward with it, you know, just to go go out there and play our game instead of trying to outthink them. Just go out there and outplay them, because we have the horses now, especially on the offensive side of the ball. We don't have to try to you know outthink them in some way because we have, you know all due respect, Devin Hester as our number one receiver when he's got no business being a number one receiver. We're not playing with that kind of football team anymore. We're not pasting together uh, a wide receiving core from everybody's castaways. We have the number one receiving tandem in the league. And right now, we have the best tight end in football because nobody's really, as far as passing, as pass catching is concerned, Martellus Bennett has the most touchdown catches of any tight end in the league right now. So he's the most potent, if you will. So this is, uh, you know, we don't have to get fancy or get tricky. Just go out there and play the game. We know that we're better than them. We have better receivers than they have corners. We know this. Our offensive line can handle what Green Bay can throw at us in pass protection. We've got it. Our offensive line can do it. We can block these guys. You know, in the past, that was an issue. We, Jay was constantly having to throw off his back foot. He was always backpedaling as he was throwing. He was getting hit as he was throwing the football and things like that. That's not an issue anymore. You know, the, the, the Packers are going to get their pressure. It's the NFL. It's, we're not going to be perfect back there. However, The offensive line is way more solid in pass protection than it has been in run blocking, especially in the last two seasons. But we've got it up front to block whatever Green Bay is going to throw at us. We've got it. And that's also the mindset that we have to have going into this game. Uh, I think that half the time Green Bay beats us mentally before they beat us physically. You know, if we go out there and one mistake is made up, here we go again. It's just going to be, here comes Green Bay no matter what. And You know, the ball always bounces their way. The referees always make the calls for them. We can't have that mindset. You know, we have to be mentally tough going into this game as well. So I guess that would be my fourth key, is to be mentally tough uh, in this game. Because I really do, you kind of get the sense watching our guys uh, in the games that uh, when something goes Green Bay's way, that that kind of takes the air, the wind out of our sails Uh, If you will, we just don't seem to respond the same way or it takes us a little while to recover. But, you know, we have to do something great after that in order to regain our confidence as opposed to shaking it off and just playing the next play. So we have to be mentally tough. Uh, You know, practice is about preparing for the worst. You know, it's about preparing for the contingencies, what what to do if something goes wrong. And uh, that's what uh, that's what you do. Uh, in practice. Well, if this guy does this, then we do this. And if this happens, you know, they're professionals. They have the time to actually go into this stuff and, and, and play for the contingencies to get better at situational football. If we get behind Green Bay early on, we should be able to be mentally tough and handle it. I mean, if we can go on the road and go down 17 nothing to San Francisco and then come back and blow them out of the water, we can beat Green Bay at home. And we can probably do it easily. Um, we, Like I said, we have the horses on offense. We can score the points to keep up with them. We have the offense that can do that now. And the way the defense has played the last couple of weeks, they've been steadily improving each of the last three games. The first game against Buffalo, no good. The second game against San Francisco, slow start, very strong ending. Sack Kaepernick four times. Got after him big time in the game. Last week against Geno Smith, turnovers, pick six. We sacked Geno Smith uh, a couple of times. Uh, you know, Jared Allen had like seven or eight quarterback pressures in the game. Couldn't close the deal, but he was getting there, something he did not do in the first two games. He was getting it done against De Shaw Ferguson uh, last, se- uh, last week on, on Monday night. He was doing that. So, you know, this week... Against uh, Balaga, if he's going to be the guy out there that's starting, then uh, then we got to get after him. He's playing on a, on a half-busted wheel with a knee injury. You need to go out there and get to him and close the deal for once. I mean, I think this, the stadium will literally explode if and when Jared Allen gets his first sack, especially if he does it against Rodgers and the Packers. So, you know, we need to get Jared Allen his first victory in Soldier Field. And seven trips to Soldier Field... Uh, as a viking i think it was six six trips to soldier field as a viking he didn't win once and in our home opener against buffalo a game that we thought we could win in our sleep we come away with a loss so jared allen is 0 for seven in soldier field but he's a bear now so obviously he's going to win a game in soldier field this is the one uh that we want to get him so um so those are the keys you know to the game number one we want to shut Eddie Lacy down. We got to shut him down and as Jared Allen so beautifully put it after the Buffalo loss, you have to earn the right to rush the passer. Shutting him down is how we do that. You know, number 2 is we have to steal a play. We have to steal a touchdown, we have to steal a score somewhere, whether it be on special teams, which would come as a beautiful surprise since our special teams hasn't been playing all that great, but you know, even if it's a fake punt, a fake field goal something let's turn it on green bay because they always seem to pull out all the stops for us because how many times is because that uh like th- think for instance in 2012 we go to green bay week two on a thursday night how do they get their offensive scoring going because we were kicking their ass in the first part of the game they go fake field goal throw a touchdown pass that's what got the ball rolling for them uh well not to mention jay's four or five interceptions in that game but You know, nonetheless, that's how they scored their first touchdown was on a fake field goal. We need to do things like that, too. We need to go out and, and like I said, create an opportunity for ourselves to steal a score from Green Bay, whether it be a pick six, a fumble return for a touchdown, uh, you know, a kick or a punt return. Even if it's a fake punt or a fake field goal, something like that, just to catch them off guard, just to steal a touchdown in a spot where they weren't expecting us to they obviously and they're not planning for us to run a pick six or anything like that to find and find a way to steal a touchdown away from green bay to help us dig them into a deeper deeper hole number three of course like i said play straight ahead just go after them with a you know just play our game just go out there let Jay get those get the balls to those tough receivers. Our offensive line can block what Green Bay's got coming. F- we can do it now. We have the offensive line uh, to do it. Even with Olan De La Puente in there, we've done fantastic in 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 pass protection. Uh, you know, we've been playing these three four defenses, including this week, be we three weeks in a row. We're playing a three four team. They always tend to, you know, have those, those different blitz schemes where they're able to come and put pressure on the quarterback just because it's always changing as to who is coming after us. But, you know, we did very well against San Francisco. We did well last week against the Jets. We can, we can handle whatever Green Bay's throwing at us. We can handle it. We have to go in there knowing that. So run the football, get Matt Forte involved, but just be straight ahead about it you know i know we we cut tony fiametta this week so he's gone so the fullback won't be out there but dante rosario is our h back slash tight end guy so just line him up back there stick him in front of forte run forward down set hike hand the ball off have forte just run downhill and get after it um same thing with the passing game down set hike drop back find the receiver throw the ball Enough with the the bubble screens or the short screens or any of that mess. Get those receivers out there, throw them the football, let them do what they do. And then the fourth and final thing would be to be mentally tough in going into the game. You can't let those little mistakes bother them, bother us the way that that we've allowed it to uh, in the past or a way that would appear anyway. Maybe I'm just talking out of my you-know-what, but... That's the way it looks sometimes. Whenever something goes Green Bay's way, whenever they get a call that we don't agree with, uh, whenever we make a, a mistake that ends up working in Green Bay's favor a la the Aaron Rodgers sack fumble that turned into a Green Bay touchdown because everyone stood around and looked at the ball instead of picking it up, that took the wind out of us. And that's kind of what I was talking about. That's how they stole a touchdown from us last year. That's how they stole it from us. We actually knocked the ball out of their hands, forced a fumble against Aaron Rodgers, who very seldom does things like that. And the next thing you know, that mistake, that gift became a touchdown for Green Bay. So those are the four bullet points that we have to, that we have to follow in order to have success on Sunday. And I believe we can do it. We have the offense that can match, the, the week, that can match Green Bay score for score. And our defense now is good enough to compete to keep us in the game, to keep Green Bay honest, we can do that. I believe it. We've been improving this week. The defense has looked more like the unit that we want it to look like, and I, and I believe that this is going to be a good Sunday for us. I believe it. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get out of here. I've been rambling on long enough. I don't know how much this has made sense to you guys. Uh, it's all been very stream of consciousness uh, for me, but um, that's how I feel about this game we want this we need this we'll be three and one we'll be two games up on green bay that's a heck of a hole for them to have to try to dig themselves out of uh going forward so uh looking forward to it knee-jerk reactions should be interesting that's uh that's a review episode you don't want to miss and that will be on monday when we come back and we'll talk about the bears and the packers on sunday so until then my name is larry d and this has been the chicago bears review